Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank you. You move powerfully in our midst today. And Lord, we declare that for us, the book of Acts is not a history book. It is a textbook. Amen? Amen. Amen? All right. Well, good morning, everybody. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Let me pull down these specs. Let me welcome each and every one of you to uh, this service, uh, this worship service at Rise Church here in Idaho Falls. All of you that are here, and uh, because I'm a guest speaker today while Pastor Ben uh, recovers from being sick, and Jesus, we pray for his complete healing today, and, uh, and every other person that needs your touch in this room and online, Lord, we pray for them. But since, uh, and amen, uh, and since I'm uh, filling in today, I did throw out a, a post on Facebook and invited some people to watch. I, I know there's some people from back home and maybe a few people over in Nepal that are watching late at night over there. So let me greet uh, my friends and family back home. Hey, everybody. Uh, let me especially greet my nephew, Mark, who moved away from uh, New York when he was a kid, moved to Florida. He doesn't speak New York anymore. So, uh, Mark, really glad you could listen. Listen in. Yeah, I just called you out on the <laughs> online, but I love that kid. He, he's not really a kid. He's probably 40 and a little now and has a wonderful new wife, and, and they're dialed in with us today. For my Nepali friends, Amen. Amen. Okay, <laughs> we'll speak Nepali together a little later, by the way. I have something set up for you. Um, I just want to do everything I can this morning to point to Jesus. I want to point out to you how good he is. Jesus is a living, powerful, loving God and Savior. His Love is for everyone. There's no one he doesn't want to pour out his heart to, his love upon, that he doesn't want to pull up out of their deepest depth and put them in a, in a firm place. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a passage I just want to throw up here at the beginning. It's a few verses from Psalm 40. We have those? Uh, that wouldn't be it. Or is it? It is, it is, okay. When I saw the thing where it says to the chief musician, it threw me off for a hot second, but we're good here. A Psalm of David, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And this is my story. Is it your story? Tell me if it's your story. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. 
He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear, which means be in awe, and will put trust, put their trust and will trust in the Lord. And if you're here and you follow Jesus, in some way that happened to you. There's no salvation that isn't also like an intervention. Would you agree with that this morning? You know, I mean, God intervened in my life. For me, um, I was like striving like crazy for acceptance. And, you know, every accomplishment, and I had a few, and they were all empty because they couldn't fill the void in my heart that only Jesus could fill. The peace that only Jesus could fill. I strive for it in every way. And, uh, and it it was just like, I did this thing, and then it was like an immediately uh, an, an immediate crash. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because those things just can't really satisfy your heart. Um, until I met Jesus, one night I went to a musical play in a small town just outside of the small town, a town smaller than the small town where I grew up. And the good people there were putting on a musical production, and this was in the early days when people still knew names of musicals like Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar, if you remember, which isn't really a great portrayal of the gospel, but it sure got famous in its time. Both albums, I knew every word as a kid, you know. Um... What else? Um, Amy Grant was brand new on the scene. And of course, there was the Methodist hymnal. And these good people in this little town called Berkshire, New York, put on a play. And I'll tell you what, God wrecked me when I saw that because I'd been around church stuff. I'd sung in a church choir a little bit. But it was when they showed him dying on the cross in that play that God revealed himself to me. And let me just say, God is a God who wants to reveal himself to you. And if you've met him, I would say he wants to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. Because it's like a relationship that just gets better and better with time, right? So I would say God revealed himself to me, and I went home weeping like a baby going, he loves us so much, he just loves us so much, and I couldn't get over. You know, and it wasn't like, Ned, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You need to get your life right with God, although I like to say over time, at least, I got my life right with God and more right and more right. I've heard it said, Christians aren't sinless, but with time and Jesus' help, they sin less and less and less, right? So... My confidence in Jesus and his love for me at this point in my life, it's like so good and so deep. And I never thought I would get to be this guy who can stand in front of you and say, you know, I don't strive anymore. You know, life is like, I have peace. I didn't think I would get to be a guy who had peace. Maybe other people could have peace, but I didn't think I would get to be a guy who had peace. I didn't think I'd get to be a guy, and this is just by the grace of God because there's no perfect thing, but just, where? well, let me just say it like this. Where would I be? Who would I be? What would I be without Jesus? At this point in my life, I, I look back and I can't imagine what kind of wreck I might have made of my own self. I mean, I would have done it maybe wanting to do good, maybe, just without the love and the power of God. I would have been on my own, and I'm sure I would have just failed and strove and failed and strove. I mean, that's kind of my story without maybe a lot of details, but 
I, I want to tell you again, it's just because God is so good that Jesus is a personal God and Savior. He, who needs to hear this this morning? I don't know, but I have to believe that there's somebody here or listening that needs to be told or reminded that Jesus loves them very much. And, and that would bring me to the beginning of what I want to say to you as a message today, which is he's calling us. He's calling us to be his followers, you know. We put our faith in him, and then we follow him. And he says to us several times uh, in his own words in the, in the book of John is where I'm going to highlight this, what it means to be his follower, what it would mean to be Jesus' disciple. And I just really want to encourage you, keep an open ear. If you've been in the Lord for a while, uh, please think that you might have some encouragement to receive from me today regarding discipleship. It's not a newbie message, and it's not a message, you know, it's not meat, and it's not milk. It's just... It's the heart of God, and I think we could all be challenged by what I'm going to share with you today, no matter how long uh, you've been in the Lord. By the way, I remember when I was a young guy, uh, I had some bros, like we were all new Christians together, and man, we went to church, we bought Christian records and listened to them, we, uh, you know, we'd sing, we'd pray for each other, and it's like, I feel so blessed to have had uh, guys like, I'll just say a few names, Dan, Butch. Uh, Chris, Wes, these were guys that like we were like we cut our teeth together spiritually, and I'm so I'm so grateful for them. And I found out that I didn't have to do this Jesus walk alone. And I want to encourage you, don't don't do it alone. You don't need to. We we are a family, right? And I still love and respect those guys. Likewise, when we were young parents, there's people we were figuring out parenthood together, you know, and we had each other and the Lord to help encourage us when we were <laughs> Life is like full of seasons where you're doing things for the first time, isn't it? And so I'm just really happy uh, that Jesus meets us there at each one. So let's move in. Can we jump in then? Okay. I want to tell you, Jesus in his own words is going to tell us how he, what it looks like to be his disciple. What is a disciple? He defines it in his own words. Um... Briefly, I mean, what is a disciple, right? It's someone who hears and follows the teachings of his guru, of his teacher, right? And he doesn't just hear it, but like they spend time disciple, together right? and they it's begin, someone who he models and follows the teachings they're of his going to become, guru. right? And so it's not just well, word well. teaching, but it's, a, it's an example. And Jesus has given us um, his example. And this was his command, by the way, at the end of Matthew to his disciples and to us. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, do we want to get that up? I think we can. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, oh, sorry, we didn't get those all up. I don't think I gave it to the guys. And teaching them to, uh, to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And he said, go therefore, verse 9, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus did not say, go and make converts. And he didn't say, go and get people to say a prayer. He said, Go teach people to follow me the way I've taught you to follow me. So it's disciples, making disciples, making disciples. I'll throw it out to you uh, now from later in the message. In Timothy, a guy named Paul says to Timothy, um, oh, I want to find it. Bear with me. 
He says, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Right? So Paul says to Timothy, teach others who will in turn teach others. And so here we are in 2021 and somebody taught you and somebody taught them. And all I want to say to you guys is don't break the chain. We're called to make disciples. Not only that, I would say this, that our church's leadership is called to equip the church to do the work of the ministry, right? So who does the work of the ministry? We do. We all do. The church does the work of the ministry. We're all called to minister the goodness, the love, the power, the healing of Jesus to a broken world. We're all called to do that. So please don't ever think. In fact, if you're looking for a church where you can like be challenged to sit back and do nothing, you're in the wrong church. Yeah, so... Uh, and it ain't church at all. So uh, please, please understand, this is for each of us. Like, don't break the chain. I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to you guys. Like, we are called to make disciples, each and every one of us. So, um, all right. In John chapter 8, it's the first place where we see this theme in the book of John where Jesus talks about what a disciple is. And John chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32 Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Say with me, abide in my word. Abide in my word. Okay? Abide in my word. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Say that with me, would you? And you shall know the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you three. Free. Not three. Free. <laughs> Okay, let's try this again, all together. One, two, three. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Freedom. Jesus wants to make you free. And he's saying, the way to be free is to abide in my word. That's what disciples do, Jesus said. They abide in my word. Now, when I hear Jesus say abide, let me define that for you. Abide means to continue in with a sense of expectation. Isn't that great to continue in something with a sense of expectation? What farmer plants a seed and says, nothing's going to grow there anyway, right? He plants the seed and he expects it to grow because that's what seeds do, right? And that's what we are, that's what we are hearing from Jesus when he says, I want you to abide. I want you to continue in this and I want you to expect growth or fruit to come from what I'm putting in you. And that fruit in this situation is like freedom. I'll make you free and free and free. You get freedom. You get freedom. You get freedom, right? So Jesus says, abide, and he says, in my word. Now, there was no New Testament that he was teaching from. He was speaking it into existence as he taught, right? And so what does it mean? It means in my teachings. I want you to continue with a sense of expectation in the things that I'm teaching you. The truths I'm teaching you and what I'm teaching you to do, I want you to continue in these things with a sense of expectation, and then you'll know what's true and what's not, and the truth will make you free. Who'd like to be a little more solid in this life? You know, who'd like to be a little more free, right? Well, amen. I agree with each of you. There's a lot of people, listen, who want freedom. They want peace. They just don't want 
God and religion and Jesus. Well, good luck with that. I don't mean that harshly, but I mean, we came to Jesus, like I said, bawling and thankful, you know. And I mean, we humbled ourselves and God met us there. And I'm not saying that like, please, no one in this room or online, please don't hear me arrogantly. There's no such thing as arrogance and true spirituality, right? But I would plead with any of you, if you're looking for wholeness, like Jesus is right at the heart of what you need. And if you will seek him with all your heart, he is going to free you. Because why? You'll know what's what. You'll know the truth, and truth will free you. Nothing will free you like truth will free you. And Jesus said, my teachings are true, and they're going to set you free. And you think about things like the Sermon on the Mount, where he just said, don't worry for anything. You know, if God clothes the lilies of the field, how much more are you important to him? He'll clothe you. And if he feeds the sparrows who don't reap or store, he'll feed you. And if he clothes whatever he clothes, then he'll clothe you. Right? And you, you hear Jesus say that. He says other things that are maybe a little more challenging, like, I want you to forgive. I want you to forgive your brother. I want you to love your enemy. He'll challenge you. But I'm telling you, if we will dial into the words of Jesus, those red letters from the old Bibles with red letters, right? The words of Jesus, it will change your life better and forever. Amen? And so Jesus desires that for you. I desire that for you. Let's desire that for each other. Let's desire it for people we don't even like very much. Or, I mean, we may like them, but they may not be easy to get along with, you know what I mean? I want them to experience the goodness of God. I want them to be free. I'm not really an evangelist, but I feel like by this time, by, by gifting, I'm not necessarily an evangelist, but by this time, my heart has received so many things from the goodness of God that I just can't not want that for people who don't have it. And I am willing to be vulnerable to lay it out there, and they may reject it, and they may receive it. How's that going to affect me for the worse if they reject it? I already have everything I need. But what if they receive it, and it touches them, and it changes them, and they dial into something good from God that will affect them from ever, forever? So could I challenge you as I challenge myself? Let's... Let's lay it all out there for the Lord when we shared, <laughs> just like Cindy laid it out here on the stage, singing our heart out for Jesus, you know? Like, let's, let's share, like, that woman's song up on the stage. You know what I'm saying? So let's, let's lay it out there. What's the worst that can happen? I don't believe you. I don't want what you're offering. Okay, so they didn't want it. But what if they do? What if they need it? What if they're hungry like I was? What if they know their feet are stuck in the clay? you know, the miry clay in that riverside, and and they can't pull their foot out themselves, and they need a hand. They need someone to say, "I, I can help you. That's you and me. It's nobody else. Good? Amen. Okay, good. So, I want, to, I want to interpret these words of Jesus with words of Jesus. Could we do that for a minute? We're going to go to Matthew 7, where he says this. Anyone who hears these words of mine, these sayings of mine... Um, and puts them and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on 
the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the, come on everybody, sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. Listen, and great was its fall. Somebody go, bum, bum, bum. Right? Because great, I mean, it crashed with a great crash. It wasn't like some subtle behind the curtain crash. It was like, it's a crash. So my point is, though, uh, well, I love to play Captain Obvious, okay? Let's, let's play Captain Obvious together, okay? What does this message what, that Jesus just said say? Both houses looked good until they were tested. When one of them was tested, it stood, and when the other one was tested, it fell with a great crash. And the difference is, in terms of the people, not the illustration, one person heard and did the words that Jesus spoke, The other person heard and did not do the words that Jesus said. That's my Captain Captain Obvious moment, but it couldn't be more important for you and me. We can't just hear, we have to do the sayings of Jesus, or they're as worthless as the house built on the sand. Fair enough? The man isn't making this up. We've seen it in our life, right? Lord, I didn't follow you. Lord, I followed you. And we know the results from our own life, even as Christians. So um, great, what was it? great was its fall. I want to point this out to you, by the way. Jesus says, if you hear my teaching and do it, you're wise and you'll be free. Listen to these things Jesus said, also all from the book of John, by the way. John is like rocking my spiritual Bible world right now, okay? Because it's like, it's all like perfectly woven. Good job, John. It's as if he was inspired by, I don't know, the Holy Spirit or something. So, chapter 434 says this. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John 5.19 says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son came to do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. John chapter 6, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Okay, John chapter 12, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. John chapter 15, are you, get, are you with me? I mean, are you hearing it? John chapter 15, if you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is the epitome. He's our perfect example of what it means to hear and obey because he did it all day, every day with his own father. He wasn't self-willed in any of this. He heard the father. He was about his father's business all the time. He heard, he obeyed, he followed. And then, so when he says, I want you to follow in my teachings, he's not like some shallow hypocrite who says like, do as I say, not as I do. He did all day long just what his father taught and told him. And he's inviting us. He's asking us, really, he's, he is calling us to do the same. But it's nothing he didn't do himself. Isn't that cool? I and mean, isn't it cool? Tell me if you never saw that before. I mean, but it, maybe you did. I want you to have, actually. But I'm just saying in the context of preparing this message, it's like, wait a minute, I think there's a Bible verse about that. And it's like, no, there's two. Wait, there's like, four, there's like seven Bible verses and they're all in the book of John. 
You with me? Okay. Let's see what else we got here. He's truly our example in what it means to obey. Let me, let me just say that once more. Let's go to the second part of this message. So, abide in my teachings is what he said, which means continue with a sense of expectancy, right, uh, in my teachings, not just hearing, but also doing uh, the things I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you things to do, not things to know, right? By, uh, this is how I know, this is, this is what shows you to be truly my disciple, he said, because why? A disciple will hear and say and do the things of his teacher. Okay, the second thing comes in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, and it says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, that you also love one another. By this, excuse me, by this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. I like the definition of love that says love, this is, this is that word agape, by the way, in the Bible. It's not emotional love. It's not brotherly love. It is a sacrificial love. It's love, this is the definition I like, a love that always acts for the other person's highest good. And you know, that could be correction, it could be compassion, right? It could be, it could be giving something uh, of value to them because they have need of it, right? Um, but that's what agape love does, is it gives and acts for the other person's highest good. Right? So if we work from that de uh, definition, uh, well, we, we see that it's never what's in it for me, right? And he says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And again, Jesus' example is perfect in this because why? We know the verse that says, Jesus said this, no greater love has uh, someone than to lay down his life for his friends, and it's what he did. He laid down his own life to provide for them, to provide for us what we could never provide for ourselves, which is that right standing to stand before God well, with confidence, with no shame, with no sin, because he took that on himself like a sacrificial lamb. He took that on himself and he applied it to all who would believe in him, to all who would trust in him, right? To those who believed on him, who believed on his name, he gave them this is from John, by the way, the right to be called the sons and the daughters of God. And that's what we are. So Jesus loved, loved them and loves us like holy. I, how do you say? It? I mean, he lay, how much more can you do than to, lay down your, than to lay down your life? And it's what he did in fact. He didn't go through the motions. He did it. Um, he suffered the pain. I mean, there was no anesthetic, you know, for Jesus on the cross. It was, he suffered it all. And I thank him, I thank him. First um, John, which was also written by John, says this, verse 16, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down, lay down our lives for each other. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, you know, when you shut up your wallet or your purse, you realize you're shutting up your heart too. That's what the Bible says right here, right? Um, but whoever has this world's goods 
and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth, right? And I'll, just, I'll be completely sincere. There's times where that's easier, and there's times where I'm really challenged by that, and maybe you are too. And I would just, I would just invite you, if God is asking you to give sacrificially to lay down your goods or your time, um, Let's meet him there, and you, you know you're going to feel better that you did and not worse, and you know he's going to be able to provide for you more in every way than what you gave. Would you, would you say amen as a, just a statement of faith, you know? So, okay, so um, yeah, so let's roll with that. I think that just really appreciate Pastor Ben is trying to do some things uh, at Rise He's wanting to build this as a church where people are the doers of the ministry, you know, and that we go as far away as we can from the concept that, you know, that the pastor is the paid professional. Rather, he's the equipper of the saints. He's, ben is working very hard. But you know what? He's putting his eggs in the you basket by doing that. You realize that? He is. He, uh, I'd like to think... When we were senior pastors, uh, in uh, he communicates it so well. But I'd like to think that Ladon and I made the same effort when we were planting churches, uh, planting a church, and we were, when we were on the mission field, that um, that we're investing in people. So he's making some decisions that are not necessarily flashy, but he's investing. And he, I think one thing that Jesus is saying and that our church is modeling is that we want to be a church where love is a big deal. Love is a big deal. Listen, you can't be a biblical church and not be a loving church. So let's get over, let's get over anything that has to do with, I don't know what, fear, selfishness, just call it out. Anxiety, call it out. What, what keeps people from love? Offense, being easily offended, yeah? Past hurts, right? I mean, this is where we come to get healed, right? So um, let's, let's love well. Let's be approachable. Let's be, let's have some time. Let's hang out a little bit. By the way, I know that Ben is on track with this too. We have rise nights where we get a little deeper and we get a little less crowded. And I'll just be really sincere. It's not, I'm not ahead or behind Ben if I say this to you, but I think some of you uh, should consider doing more ministry out of your homes where you invite people over for a meal, invite people over for Bible study, invite people over just to sing and pray, whatever you want to do. Small groups getting together is where a lot of discipling and healing and acceptance, it's where friendship happens, you know, because quite sincerely, what you're doing right now is you're facing forward, you're not facing each other. We need times where we're in a circle, not in a hall, you know, what do you call it? So are you with me on that? Would some of you please open your hearts to hosting fellowships and inviting people, people who are new, people who are hurting, and not be afraid because God wants to use you, okay? And I think there's things that happen in a big group that are great, like times of worship and teaching, but there are things that happen in a small group that can only really happen in a small group, like being vulnerable and getting to know each other. So let's, let's let God like marinate that in your hearts today. And maybe, maybe some of you will be called to begin to function in that kind of like outreach, ministry, whatever. Okay, good. Um, 
Let's do the third one. Are you ready? John 15, 5 uh, through 8 says this, but I want to read verse 8 first. It says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Okay? So now let's go back to verse 5. I'm the vine. Heard this one before? I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out like a branch uh, uh, and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them in the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, listen to this, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's powerful. And it shall be done for you. And by this, what I just read, that you will ask for what you desire, which means what? Your heart is right, by the way, when you ask, right? Your motive is right when you ask. Your purpose is right when you ask. Let's, give, let's make that a disclaimer. Um, why? Because we agape, right? We're not being selfish when we ask. We're being loving when we ask, right? Uh, by this... My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Again, what's bearing much fruit? That you're connected with me and that you ask for what you need and I bring it. I give it to you. God gives it to us. We bear much fruit and so we show ourselves to be his disciples. So, folks, how good are we doing at staying connected with Jesus today? I'm not like trying to, you know... Jesus doesn't, you know what I hate? I hate shame. Ben has said some good times, like the word said so well, the world says shame on you and Jesus says shame off you, right? Have you heard Ben say that? I just own that so with my whole heart. Shame off you, shame off you. So if I say this, how are we doing staying connected with Jesus these days? It's not about shame, but I, I will challenge you, but I won't shame you. I hope you hear my heart in this. You, you guys know me a little bit by now. And so... Um, how do we stay, con- I mean, it is that vital. Did you ever buy those tomatoes in the store that are still on the vine? Have you ever put them on your counter for even a day and they're not green anymore and the tomatoes getting wrinkled? I mean, they might last for a day or two days, you know, and you say, oh, well, it's still on the vine. They're going to last. Well, honey, they're not connected to the vine anymore. It's just the branch, really, right? It's just that they're, just, they're not connected. So how could it, oh, it's, maybe it'll keep growing. <laughs> Good luck with that, right? So no, I've watched them. In fact, I've been a produce guy for years and years, and I'm still moonlighting as a produce guy. I just can't get away from it. But um, I deal with those tomatoes all day long. We always, the ones that are getting dried out, and they're not pretty and green, and they just, they, the tomatoes plop off. Have you ever shopped for those tomatoes, and you pick up the vine, and like three out of the four just fall off back on the display anyway, right? Like, what was the point of buying them on the vine? They just fell out when I picked it up. Sorry, it's just like a regular life example, but it's real enough. If we don't stay connected to Jesus like a branch does to a vine, it said you cannot. It is impossible for you to bear fruit spiritually if you are disconnected from Jesus. We need him. It's an abiding thing. Again, we continue in him with expectation. That's what it means to abide. Well, here he, Jesus, I think Jesus uses the word abide in all three sections. I'm going to go back and look. I welcome you to do the same. 
But here he's saying, I want you to abide, which means continue with a sense of expectation, but continue, right? Uh, don't let yourself become separated. When you do, that's when you ask and God answers. Now, I'm not going to guilt anybody, you know, like if I've been away from Jesus, I'll get my heart right and I'm going to ask for what I need. But first, I'll get my heart right. You follow me? So if you're away from Jesus right now in any way, Lord, I know I need to be more connected to you. That is, that is your prayer of the moment. I, I know I need to be more connected with you. And thank you, Lord. You helped me realize it because things aren't happening the way that you have, that they could be if I was walking in your plan. So you get your heart right, and you just troop on with Jesus, right? Good. I told you guys at the beginning of uh, when I first walked up here that the book of Acts for us is not a history book. It's a textbook. This is how the New Testament church, which is who you are, which is who you continue to be, that's, it's a textbook. The book of Acts is how we do ministry. You know, we seek the Lord, we, we love people, we love each other, we love people who need him, we abide in his word, and then we pray. And when we pray, we pray with expectation that God's going to not just hear our prayers, but answer our prayers. We're not praying selfishly, but we're praying. I like We're praying like, I'm all in, Lord, I'm all in. I want everything that you have. Why? Because my family is hurting, because my friends are hurting, because my mom is sick, whatever, whatever it is. We pray, and we pray like we're like swinging for the fence. No bunting. <laughs> Golly, I love baseball, but no bunting. You know what I'm saying? We're swinging for the fence here. So let's swing for the fence with our prayers. So let's really believe him. Listen, Jesus with his disciples, before they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? He used to say things like this. How much longer am I going to have to abide with this denseness? Will you always be this dense? He said that. Which is interesting because we know Jesus didn't sin, but he still was like, you guys are killing me. <laughs> right? And then they get, you know, Jesus dies, he's resurrected, he appears to his disciples and he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high, until you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? And that happens, and then the first thing that came to my mind is with Book of Acts is, uh, you know the Sunday school song, Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. Remember it? He reached out his palms and asked for alms, and this is what Peter did say. You know it? You don't know this song? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You don't know this song. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I want applause for that. I, I require it. I demand it. Okay, but... Honey, you and I are going to be visiting the Sunday school very soon, apparently. So, uh, you know what? I love singing with kids, actually. And, and uh, who's, is anybody in here that's working with kids' ministry? I will help with music with kids' ministry, at least from time to time. You got it, okay? This can't go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we're about done, but I just wanted to say that 
these are the same disciples that Jesus said, will I have to put up with you forever? Right? And now they're saying, well, I'll read it to you. Hang on, we're, we're doing it. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. For you people who never went to Sunday school and can't sing. <laughs> it happened to be the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from, from those who entered the temple. By the way, Jesus had walked by the same guy at the same gate because they took him there daily during the midst of his ministry. And you know what? He said, I have bigger plans for you, buddy. I could, I could reach down and pull you up right now, but I got to teach my boys how to do ministry, you know? And so, and so Peter and John go up there full of the Holy Spirit. They see this guy. I'll read it. Um, he saw Peter and John about to go in the temple, and he asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. See, that's the swagger and all humility that I really want you guys to attack, you know, this thing called the Christian life with. Look at me. What does he say? He said, look at us. Look at us. I have something to say to you. Listen, church, you guys have something to say in this world. You have a voice. You have a mission. You have a Holy Spirit empowering you. And will you please abide with expectancy along with me, that Jesus is going to say, I want you to go talk to that guy. I want you to talk to that woman, that boy, that girl, and believe that he's going to give you the words, the love, and the power you need to make a difference. Look at us. So he gave them his attention. I don't think he had a choice. Expecting, oh, expecting to receive something from them. Oh. <laughs> uh, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you, and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And he did get up and he walked and he leapt and he praised God. And interestingly, this caused a big stir in the religious community because the disciples were doing this thing and they were doing it in the name of Jesus who they thought they had disposed of, right? And, and it's just multiplying. Yep, multiplying. That's the whole idea. That's why I'm standing up in front of you guys today. So Jesus said, my disciples abide in me, and they bear much fruit. And that fruit is they pray, and God answers. And life changes, you know. So I guess that's what I have to share with you. Um, I would say let's not be cavalier, but let's be confident. You know, let's be humble, but let's know the one we believe in, whom, in whom we believe. Let's go get it. Let's, sing, let's swing for the fence. Um, let's not be disciples. Let's not call ourselves disciples if we're not seeking to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. On the other hand, I think you guys have great hearts and you're just trying as hard as I am to stay in the ring, to stay in the arena, to stay in the fight and to follow Jesus every day. Can I remind you that you can't do anything if you don't abide in him and neither can I. But if we do, look out. Look out. So I think that God loves perfectly. He loves us all and he loves us perfectly. And I think that God uses his power perfectly. May we not be lacking in love and may we never be abusive in 
things that are like power, you know, and how we approach people. But if we abide in him, I believe that the way that we love people and the way that we minister even in power to people will point people to Jesus. I would love to see, this isn't like, I'm not trying to say this like a personal preference or neediness or demandingness, but I want people to be in awe of God. I want them to experience his love and power and go, I never believed this could happen to me. God is so good. You know, that's, that's what, and he, because he is, and I want him to know. So, um, I mean, if that's you here today and you need a touch from God, we're going to have people come up and pray, and I'll hang out too. And if you're listening online, uh, gosh, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you, can, you can message me there, whatever. I'll pray with you. I'll call you, you know. But uh, if you're sensing the tug of God on your heart uh, to come closer, to go deeper, then let's not, le- let's not let this thing wither that God wants to do. Let's not ignore the opportunity that God is putting in front of us. And as a local church, let me say to you guys, let's not us together ignore the opportunity that we have to reach a, a community. Uh, v- I'll-, I'll close with this thought. There's a person who goes to another kind of church locally who couldn't go because of the Rona, someone that someone in my family knows. And... Because they were home, they said, we just read the New Testament. It's not their only book of scripture, if you follow me. And, <laughs> and they basically, they made, they made some big decisions in their life. And I just love, I just love that God is speaking to them through the, through the Gospels and through the New Testament. And I'm really excited for them, uh, the, the things that God's going to do in their heart. What I'm saying is we're living in Idaho Falls in this area uh, at this time and God is doing things in people's hearts and I want us to be ready to receive and to love and to disciple and to, you know, uh, to help people grow. Ben says it like this. You know, he doesn't use the word disciple a lot, but what does it mean when we want to help people take steps in Jesus and then take more steps in Jesus? What does that sound like to you? Does it sound like becoming disciples, followers of Jesus to you? Sure does to me. I appreciate that he's not trying to use Bible lingo, uh, but I mean that like sincerely. Let's, let's just call it taking steps. So would you pray with me as we close? Father, we want to continue to take steps like Pastor Ben calls it, and well, that's a Bible thing. Lord, are there, if there's people here who don't know you, I know they can call on you. It says if we believe in you, you give us the right to be called the children of God. I know you reveal yourself to me, and we believe every salvation is like an intervention, Lord. You pulled us out of miry clay, and you put our feet on a rock. And I'm so thankful for that. And if, that's any, if anybody here feels stuck in clay, you can pray to receive Jesus just by saying, Lord, I call on you. Uh, please help me get out of this place where I'm stuck. Please forgive me for my self-fullness and um, for my sin. And please, please pull me up to the place where I have a life and a future. Come into my heart. And if that's you today, and, and if you're praying that with me, or if you prayed on your own after, you can know that God has been waiting for you to open your heart to him. And he is excited, and the angels are rejoicing because something because the thing that God designed you for to know him is happening. 
So for that, Jesus, I give you thanks. Maybe there's people even today who are starting their life with you, even now, for that, thank you. And from that place, Lord, uh, if they've listened today in our family here at church, if they're, you know, have been listening today, Lord, you've said that you want us to abide and obey your word, not just in word, but in deed. You want us to be your followers, and that shows us to be your disciples. You said that if we do that, we'll know the truth and we'll be free. And we just love that you want us to be free. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, make people more free today. Lord, and as we get more into your word, make us more and more free, Lord, because we'll know your words, we'll know your ways better, and we give ourselves to follow them. Lord, we give ourselves to love each other, even especially when it's inconvenient, because that's what real love is, is it's sacrificial, it's selfless. And please forgive us, Lord, for our own self-protection, Lord. Please help us to be more vulnerable to uh, love people. Uh, whether it's in the big group or in small groups, Lord, and I pray there would be more small groups and more opportunities both to minister and to be ministered to. Um, put that in people's hearts here today, I pray. Um, but help us love each other more and more, Lord. In fact, help us treat and love like people who don't know you as if they did, if you follow me, church, amen? <laughs> and uh, lastly, Lord, help us to abide in you because we know if we're not abiding Lord, well, that's where the power is, Lord. That's where is is through abiding. That's where the answered prayer happens. And so in all humility, Lord, we believe you love powerfully uh, and you work your power lovingly. And we want to walk uh, in that power with you, but we want to do it in a way that brings awe and glory to you, Jesus. So at the end of the day, be glorified, Lord. Be magnified, be lifted up because uh, we loved you well. Uh, we abided well. We learned and, and followed well, um, and we've shown ourselves to truly be your disciples. Lord, the book of Acts is, in a text, is, is a textbook, not a history book. So help us, Lord, to walk in that same love and power that we read about from those disciples that were just awash in your Holy Spirit. Lord, and who are so connected to you. For these things, Lord, we swing for the fence. We pray with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast, and if you haven't had a chance to give yet, you can do so at risechurchid.org or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you, so go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.